0: are listening to the Calvary Church podcast where each episode features a life transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services and now let's join a service that's already in progress
1: is anybody excited for 2020 i know i am stays like these that uh, fishing has never been more desired. The thoughts of the thoughts of warmer days, the late April, early May day, when you can cast that line in the water from the boat, that boat that's anchored near the dock, near the down trees. Using a light rod like this with a slip bobber, a small hook, little minnow tipped on the hook. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And you catch that little spotted fish, and it's crappie season. Love some, some crappie season. Thought makes me want to go fishing. The thoughts of that late June morning as the early light starts to rise in the eastern sky, the grass damp as you put on your waders and step into the cool flowing water of the Indian Creek in Ross, the birds chirping, the air is cool and you have that light rod with, I think, a blue fox crankbait on it, the sound of the running water flowing over the shallow rocky surface as you throw your bait upstream into a small eddy at the edge of the bank, the sound of the drag, y'all don't know what that sounds like, let me just help you with that, that sound is a thing of beauty and you whistle. Whistle. That tells your partner, fish on. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. The thought makes me want to go fishing. Thoughts of those warm days as the boat is anchored just off the shoreline of Lake St. Clair in Michigan, that state up north. The breeze blowing, the boat is ever so gently rocking back and forth in the water. You have a little bit of a stronger rod, one knocker crankbait are the decorations of choice on that day. The clear water provides the opportunity to watch the oversized smallmouth bass as they strike the bait and the game is afoot. You brace for the fish to jump out of the water and you continue to reel in. And you spot the chaser fish, the fish following your fish that is waiting for the other fish to lose the bait so he can get an easy meal. And your fishing partner throws at the chaser fish and it strikes at your partner's bait and you both lift your fish out of the water about the same time and into the boat. That thought makes me want to go fishing. Days like today, cold January day, that for those of us who like to fish, we long for those words, let's go fishing. It's words I long to hear, hey Tom, why don't you go fishing? Anthony Henson somehow hears these words more often than anyone I know, or it seems, I have not heard those words very often from Kristen, but when it is said, they are the greatest words of love ever spoken. <laughs> go fishing. Since April of 2019, the Lord has put this thought on my heart, not because I want to go fishing, but the Lord has put this on my heart for the Calvary Church, and I want to tell the church what I believe the Lord is telling us for 2020. 2020 go fishing go fishing i'm going to take this off for my safety <laughs> fishing is a common experience in most cultures that there i'll probably trip on it later the common Experience in most cultures, it's because fishing provides a good supply of food. From ancient days to the present, the tools of fishing, though, have stayed relatively the same. The experience of fishermen like ancient Egyptians using hooks to the fishermen of Jesus' day who used nets are still practiced around the world. Specifically, the Bible tells us about some guys in the New Testament who were fishermen. Of the 12 disciples that Jesus chose, four of them we know were professional fishermen. We are specifically told that this was their occupation. And several others are presumed to have been fishermen by trade. We are told about these men in several passages of Scripture But I would like to consider Matthew's point on this. Matthew 4.18 says, Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the water, for they were fishermen. I'd like to point out here that the word Andrew means manly. Just thought you should know, Kate, <laughs> much like my brother-in-law, who is a great fisherman in his own right, Peter and Andrew, the manly one, <laughs> were fishermen. They cast, were casting nets into the sea. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him, and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called to them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. These were fishermen, their occupation, their livelihood, everything existed on them catching fish. And Jesus walks by them and he has a plan and a purpose for their life. So he calls out to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I might say today that this particular passage, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, was the first message and passage that was ever preached here at the Calvary Church in 1968. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And I stand here today, the beginning of 2020, and feel compelled to just affirm that the message preached over 50 years ago is still an important message for the Calvary Church, that we are called to be fishers of men. And so when we look at this statement, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. It was quite a statement for Jesus to make to these two gentlemen because fishing was their livelihood. It was everything they knew. But he said, follow me. In other words, I need you to kind of recalibrate your plans a little bit. I need your life to go in another direction. Follow me. Follow my way. Follow my will. And I think it would be important for us to hear that message today from Jesus Christ. Follow me, Jesus says to us today. Don't let your plans hijack the purpose of God in your life. Be willing to surrender everything you have to the plan and purpose of God. Follow me. I think the question has to be asked, and it's simple. This is not a, a, a very difficult message to understand, but it's a very important question to ask. Are we following Jesus? When you think about what Jesus meant when he said that, are Are we following Jesus? Have we surrendered our lives completely to Him? Have you surrendered your plan for your life to the plan of God for your life? Have you surrendered your life? Have you repented? Have you turned from your life and repented of your sins? Repented from the life that you once lived? Have you completely sold out to Jesus Christ? And I dare ask today have you repented of your sins? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Jesus tells us that this is part of His plan and His hope for our lives is that we would obey the gospel. The gospel being what? His death, burial, and resurrection. And so we die with Christ in repentance. We die out to who we are and we start walking with him. We are buried with him, the Bible says, in baptism. Have you been buried in the name of Jesus? Have you taken on the name of Jesus in your life? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Are you following him? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit as he promised, the promise of the Father coming to us? Have you received it as the Bible describes it in the book of Acts with evidence of speaking in other tongues? Have you had that experience where the Holy Spirit overcomes you and you become something you couldn't be without him? Are you following Jesus Christ? Are you living a life of holiness where your life is dedicated to Jesus Christ and him alone? Are you following Jesus Christ? Because he petitions Peter and he says, follow me. This was not a half-hearted decision. This was not a decision where He said, Yeah, I'll follow you, and then waved goodbye to Jesus. It was making Jesus the leader of every step he took. I'm going to follow you. That means Jesus is actually leading the way, his plan is what I follow. I'm not inviting Jesus to follow me on my plans. I'm following Jesus' plan. And so he invites Peter, follow me. Follow me. And he says this statement, and I will make you. You follow me, and I'll make something out of your life. You let me lead the way, and I'll make something out of your life you never thought was possible. I'll do something with you that you couldn't even imagine. I'll give you purpose. I'll give you a plan for your life. If you'll follow me, I can make you. When you release your will and you follow God, he will make you. You can guarantee it. He will mold you. He will shape you. Because Jesus Christ, if you don't know has amazing plans for your life. He has a purpose for your life that supersedes anything that you could manufacture or create on your own. That's why when we repent of our sins and we're baptized in his name and we're filled with his spirit, the Bible calls it, we're born again. Because I'm gonna make you into something new. I'm gonna give you a new start. And Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you. I will make you into something that has more than just a temporal, seasonal conclusion. I'll make you into something that actually has eternal purpose. And I don't know about you, but I I don't want to live life just to get to the end of life. I want to live life with an eternal purpose in mind. Something that makes a difference beyond just these years. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. I will take your passions and I will use them for the kingdom of God. And he says, I want to make you fishers of men. For Peter, Andrew, James, and John... This was not a declaration of, I will make you a fisher of men as in a hobby. And I think that's important to understand when we translate this message into our setting, in our context, that he calls them to be fishers of men. Not in a casual setting or a casual context. These men were fishermen by occupation. Their whole life revolved around fishing. I have to be honest. I don't know that I would like fishing that much. I enjoy the the hobby aspect of fishing. But what Jesus is calling us to and where I believe God is calling the Calvary Church is not for us to just be hobbyists when it comes to fishing for men. If the scenario presents itself, then I'll be a fisher of men. If the weather is nice, then I'll be a fisher of men. If all the stars align and I have time, then I'll be a fisher of men. Now, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, they understood something. Jesus was calling them to an occupation of fishing for men. Because to them fishing was rewarding it provided a sense of livelihood it made them good money it was tiring it could take all night we read passages about that it was physical they had to drag in the nets it wasn't just this casual off the dock fishing it was physical it was tiring it was challenging storms came but they had to keep fishing why because they, their their livelihood required it Fishing as an occupation is much different than fishing as a hobby. I had the opportunity to fish with Winston several years ago. It's a great honor of mine to fish with Winston. He's a great fisherman in our church. And I believe we went in September or October and he took me out on his boat I think up the Houston woods I was excited to fish he was going to teach me a few things about fishing but I didn't dress for the occasion and it got cold and it was cold and I didn't wear the right shoes I wore tennis shoes We're on the boat, we're fishing, and he's trying to be kind, but he can tell that it's not going well for me. I'm getting cold and I'm trying to stay active in fishing and finally he allowed me to express how I felt (laughs) and he said, You wanna quit? Yeah, I want to quit. I think we were out there maybe an hour. I felt really bad. We ended up spending the next couple hours at McDonald's in Oxford, which was great. I didn't have a fish sandwich, but it was, it was great. <laughs> but for me, fishing is a hobby. The weather gets a little too tough. I'm out. I fish with Anthony mitchell last year and i just laid down in the boat i wasn't catching anything so that was it i'm done but jesus is calling us to be fishers of men not by hobby he's calling us to put our full effort what it takes to see people come to christ Fishing as an occupation requires grit, requires determination, focus, perseverance. And Jesus used their occupation as an illustration of the calling of God on anyone who calls themselves a follower of Jesus Christ. Following Jesus Christ, hear me today, following Jesus Christ should have the same weight as an occupation, It should be something that feels as weighty as anything else in your life. I'm the pastor. I get it. So I'll just say it. We should come to church every time we can. It should feel like an occupation, like this is what we do. Our walk with God should be something that isn't casually put aside whenever something else comes or, or the, 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 the other things come a little bit more important than the things of God. It should be the preeminent thing in our life. Yes. Following Jesus Christ should have the same weight as an occupation. Following Jesus Christ should have the same focus as an occupation should have the same purpose and the same result. And here's what I realize about fishing that Jesus says is fishing is an act of intention. You don't accidentally catch fish. Sure there are fish that jump in the boat. You've seen that. Certain rivers there's these type of fish, I believe they're from Asia. You crank up the motor and they start jumping out of the water. And there are fish that get trapped in random places at random times. But the real act of fishing is an act of intention. The disciples had to be intentional about what they were doing to try to catch fish. So they got in their boats. They were intentional to jump in the boat. They were intentional to mend their nets. They were intentional to cast their nets. And Jesus used the idea of fishing, something that gathers something by intention, to say, what you will accomplish for the kingdom of God will be with intention. If the Calvary church is going to grow, it's going to grow with intention. It's going to grow because we bought into the idea that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ full time, all the time, and that I'm going to spend my days not contemplating other things and and distractions all over, but I'm going to be thinking about how can I get more people in the boat? How can I get more people involved in the kingdom of God? How can I help people grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ? That's what God's calling us to. So I believe he's telling us, go fishing. Go fishing. Try to spend your days thinking about the kingdom of God. Try to spend as much of your day thinking about setting your life up in a way that allows you to run across people and have conversations with people so that you can see them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is calling the Calvary Church to follow him without reservation, without distraction, without anything in the way. And he promised, if we'll follow him, he will make us. And I believe in 2020, God is calling us to his purpose, his eternal purpose. As I mentioned, our mission at the Calvary Church is to help people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and live out His purpose. God is calling us to a greater pursuit of His purpose. God's telling you today, go fishing. Live on purpose. Live with meaning. Live to help someone else find Jesus Christ. Because he wants us to be fishers of men. This year, I'm hoping that we would become obsessed with helping people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm praying that God would allow us to become obsessed like it's our occupation. To help people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That we would live our lives with intention. In all that we're doing. Everywhere we go. Everyone we're meeting. That I'm helping them take one step closer to Jesus Christ. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? I think it looks like different things at different times for different people, just like fishing. Sometimes it's an invitation to church. It's just a simple invitation that the Lord impresses on you to invite somebody to the house of God. Or they, you feel impressed to invite somebody to your life group. For some, it's going to be God's going to call you to teach some Bible studies This year. Maybe God whispers to you to pray for somebody on your job. Maybe it's telling somebody the difference that Jesus Christ has made in your life. Every conversation, though, every connection is about people finding. Jesus Christ. We need net fishing. The disciples used nets. They cast out these nets into the water and it took several people to pull it in to catch. And it was a wide net. And I feel like that's church. I feel like that's church. I feel like that's Sometimes what we do as the body, we all pull together. We have events. We have revival services. We have these big nets that we all throw out together. And then we reel it in, hoping that that people come to know Jesus Christ. And we need net fishing. We need everybody pulling. And we need line fishing. We need people who are strategically thinking through people in your life, knowing that not every bait is the same. Not every condition is the same. Some conversations require a different means. They don't all have to begin with Acts 2.38. Maybe they could get to Acts 2.38. We hope they do. But they don't all need to start there. And so you realize that people in your life are hungry for the Lord. And so you do your best to bring them to Christ, to tell them about Christ. Not everybody, we realize, is going to do everything to see somebody become a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're not going to begin a work in somebody's life and see them probably ultimately become everything they're supposed to be. The Bible says some plant, some water, but God gives the increase what we realize is that we're all involved trying to do something to help people find Jesus Christ. And let me say today, if your life, if your Christian life is not focused on other people, your Christian life is in vain. Jesus Christ saved you, not just so you can be saved and go to heaven. He saved you so you can help find somebody else who needs Jesus Christ. My objective as a Christian is not just to come in here and sit and have church. My objective is to help people, as many as I can, as specific as I can, as strategic as I can, to help people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and live out his purpose. And so we're called to live on purpose. Whatever your profession is, God wants to use your profession for his purpose. Whatever connections you have, God wants to use those for his purpose. Whatever passions you have, God wants to use it for his purpose. And I felt This early in April that the Lord began to speak to me and say, go to every lake, go to every stream, go to every river, go to every ocean, use every kind of bait, use every kind of net, use every kind of rod, use every kind of reel, because there's all kinds of fish that God is trying to reach. And so we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. You can stand with me today. This parable that Jesus tells strikes me. It strikes me in such a profound way because I realize that people will find Jesus Christ when we are intentional about our lives. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus was sitting there with some Pharisees and the Pharisee said to Jesus, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. The Pharisee got it right. Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. You're right. You are blessed when you can sit down at the dinner table With Jesus Christ and be fed by his presence be fed by his power be fed by his word you will be blessed but Jesus said to him a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited come for all things are now ready but they all with one accord began to make excuses the first said to him I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. The excuses start. These are people who should have just come to the table. They had the invitation to come. But what did they do? They, they started making excuses. Yeah, well, I, I know I can come to the supper anytime. It's not that big of a deal. And another said, I I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I bought a a new tractor. And I ask you to have me excused. Still another said I have married a wife. And therefore I cannot make it to this supper. That makes sense because you're probably late anyway. <laughs> Just kidding. Not really. So, all these excuses, all these people who had the invitation, they could have come and ate, they knew it, but they just had other things that seemed like more of a priority. So, Jesus said, That servant came and reported these things to his master. The master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets, in lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. These are the people that don't have an invitation. They're the outskirts of society. They're the ones who are kind of outcast and distant from everybody else. But the master said, I've got food. Why waste it? So he said, go and find these. And the servant said, master, it is done as you commanded. And there is still room. All the maimed, all the broken, all the blind, they've come. But there's still more room. And then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house May be filled Jesus Calling Highways Hedges Highways being a traveled A well traveled road There are people On our well traveled roads That need Jesus Christ They need an invitation Maybe it doesn't begin with an invitation To church But it's an invitation to relationship. It's an invitation to the hope that lies in you. It's an invitation to experience the power and presence of God. And then it's the hedges. Where's the hedges? It's the thing that stands in the way. It's the fences that people have built up. And I feel God calling us. Not just to the well-traveled places. But to places in our society where defenses have been drawn up, that we reach over, as the Scripture says, the wall and compel them. That there's a Savior who died for them. A Savior who loves them. A Savior who wants them to find hope and redemption. Compel them. Beckon them. Hear Jesus calling us. It's the Calvary Church. Go fishing. Go fishing. Every day that you wake up, I pray you'll go fishing. Whether the weather's good or the weather's bad, you go fishing. If it's a big church atmosphere, go fishing. If it's you by yourself with somebody in a car traveling to a work event, go fishing. If it's a family member, a relative that you have the opportunity to build a relationship with, go fishing. And so we follow him to help us because he will make us fishers of men. I don't believe you're here by chance today, and I don't believe we accidentally came into the world. I believe God allows us to come into the world, and I say that at every baby dedication. Every child, every person has a destiny, a purpose under God. Even if they're sick, maimed, or disabled, God can use their life for his glory. Luke, Jesus said, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and are not one of them, and not one of them is forgotten by God? Two pennies a sparrow is sold for. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. Here's what I want us to get right from the start of this year. If people matter to God, they should matter to us. If people matter to God, they should matter to us. I want to pray for us today. Feel the touch of the Lord, the compelling presence of God And maybe you're at a place in your life where you're like, I, I can't tell anybody about Jesus because I know how I'm living. Well, guess what? You have an opportunity to follow him. You have the opportunity. He's inviting you. doesn't matter what you've done, where you're at. He's inviting you to follow him. I want to pray for us today. There would be nothing that stands in our way from following Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray for this group today that's gathered, those watching online. God, you have a plan and a purpose for their life. I pray specifically, Lord, for those who maybe don't feel like they really belong to the body of Christ. They feel like outcasts. They feel distant. I pray you'd give them the courage to surrender to you. You're inviting us to follow you. You're inviting us to surrender everything we are to you on this first Sunday of 2020. God, things can be so different if we would surrender our lives to you. I'm praying today, God, that there would be hearts in this room that would repent of their sins. God, they would acknowledge that they need you in their life. They need you to accomplish the work that you put in their heart to do. I pray. Oh, God, that you would forgive our sins. You would forgive our sins in this room today. Heal us, Lord. God, you're inviting us to follow you because you have a purpose and a plan for our life. I pray for those who have not yet been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that you would reveal to them the power of your name. Reveal to them, Lord, the power of your name. That it's through your name that we are saved. It's through your name, God, that we live abundant lives. I pray, God, for those who are hungry for more of you. I pray you would baptize them with your spirit. I pray for an open heaven in this room today that those who are hungry and searching for you would be baptized with your spirit today. Oh, God, we're praying. We're praying, God, that you would use us in a mighty way. You would use us in a mighty way. Oh God, we surrender all to you. Would you pray that prayer? Would you surrender your life to Jesus Christ afresh today? Everyone, surrender your heart to the Lord today. God, I surrender all to you. Oh, hallelujah. You've promised to make us, Lord. You've promised to make us fishers of men.